0: in play.
1: Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Windy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardy. Hello, Bardy. Hello, Windy. And our tactics guy, and a man who I think is most likely to be a cat, Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. (laughs) Hello, Windy. As opposed to a dog, of course. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think I am, yeah. I mean, on account of my height, I don't play center back a lot, but when I do... (laughs) Would you be... uh,
1: Yeah, I think you'd be, like, socks rolled down, Mm -hmm. no shin pads... Just, like, sweeping up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Occasionally that's intercepting it. if you can be bothered. One or two touches,
2: never more than that. Very... Very sort of Toby Adeyemi, I think, you know, but, but like a
1: like probably Toby now <laughs> for Spurs rather than no Toby long passing though. Like you, I don't think you could be bothered to play long passes. I think it'd just be like sideways passing on the goal line, just sideways passing.
2: I've got I've got some I've got some zips to feet going on, but not the oh, big yeah. diagonals. Don't have the don't have the hamstrings or whatever, or it'll, it'll be technical. Though. I can't get the long the long pin
1: going You're just reading the game and occasionally organising the guys around you.
2: And every time the ball goes over my head, it's just absolutely
1: dusted for the sprint to the ball, and that's it. Oh, that went better than I thought it would. Um, Firstly, shout out to David Linmer um, for having some fun with the intro music. Very much appreciated. And I want to give a shout out to Matt Borum, who's uh, come over for his annual visit from the States and bought me beer, which is just so, so sweet of him. Really, really nice. Um, I still need an accountant, by the way. So if anyone's uh, got a mate who's a Spurs fan, and an accountant, please do get in touch. I really, really want to work with someone who's a Spurs fan. It will be nice to pay someone who's Spurs. Um This Nathan- is just
0: you this is just you asking for services and, and getting beer. That's that's all this is. It's a front, this whole podcast.
1: <laughs> no, I want to pay someone. I'm not I'm not trying to get it on the cheap. Uh, I do want to pay someone, but I'd rather pay his purse if if possible. Um Nathan. Hello. Nuno Video Two came out last week. Nuno Video Three, is that coming this week?
2: Probably not this week. I need to think about how I want to do it, what what questions I feel are unanswered, unposed. Maybe it will just be more sort of narrative-driven. Maybe it will just be like, and then this happened, and that was good, and then this happened, and that wasn't so good, and that kind of thing. I think I want to assess how much uh, Wolves getting 7th that season was an overachievement, because I think that that really is his only possible claim for for an overachievement. We talked about this before. Um, But I've also started to poke around players a little bit I, I might have had a bit of I might have to put Nuno on the on the back burner for uh for a couple of weeks and and, mm. and get excited about these new toys that we have
1: yeah that's that's not a bad shout I really liked the second video by the way Doing good work with the tactics board that was um that was nice showing how you can achieve the same thing in two different formations which was um which was really interesting to me um so it's so good work there uh buddy what you been up to
0: I'm reading at the moment, I'm going to get Bardi's book club back going, uh, back on the road. I just finished I'm about halfway through Ewan Flynn's um, Sunday League book, which is a great read. Ewan's been doing a lot of writing for The Fighting Cock and for us as well. And I'm going to sit down and have a chat to him about about his book and also the kind of intricacies and the very Britishness of, of playing football on a Sunday down the park, because I'm, I'm not sure... If um, if the rest of the world has this kind of custom, so I'm really excited to to chat to him about that.
1: Nice, nice. And I um, I recorded my first podcast straight off the training ground with Chris Somersall, uh since he got his new job, essentially. So Chris is now the under nineteen women's coach at Hearts, which is which is great for him. Really, really pleased for him. Uh, they've got an exciting progressive new female manager coming in for their first team. She will be the only the third female manager in the Scottish women's uh league, which is which is surprising, but also it's cool that it's at hearts and that he'll be getting to work with her. Eva Eva O I don't want to get her name wrong so I'm not gonna attempt it. Uh, yeah so really massive congratulations to Chris on his new job uh, We had a good chat about it And that will be out sometime this week as well This is all on our Patreon by the way Patreon.com forward slash the extra inch We now have over 900 patrons Which is absolutely mind blowing um, Thank you so much Like it honestly means the world That people would sign up to our Patreon Oh my god it's insane uh, But what a insanely amazing community we have on the Discord. It's just such a lovely place to spend time chatting to to fellow Spurs fans. We're supremely lucky. Um thank you. Really mean it. Thank you so much. Uh boys we've got some signings to talk about. We've got lots of interesting stuff to talk about. So uh two signings already this week. luigi Golini, which is just the best bit of nominative determinism, Golini, And he's a goalie. <laughs> it's just perfect. Yeah. More like uh, goal in e. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah, and and Brian Brian Gill from Sevilla, which is a very exciting signing. Let's start with Gallini, um, buddy. You're our, you're our keeper guy, and you're also our Italian football expert. So, this is from Sam Hot Take Reed, who says, "Is the signing of Gallini signalling that the Hugo Reign is coming to an end? And if so, how is Gallini going to be introduced this year? Will it be early?" ECL games and cups. And what are your projections for the future with this kid? What do you think about is Galini a Hugo replacement?
0: I mean, I'm not sure that Galini is the the end for for Hugo. I think there's there's serious question marks. I have serious question marks around Galini. But what I do see from Galini is that he's a he's a huge step up from Hart and a huge step up from Gazzaniga and he's apart from maybe Vorm in his first season or two, he's probably one of the best second goalkeepers we've had. Um I do have problems with his with his technique especially getting beat from distance I don't think he's that strong from distance he does get a few kind of Paul Robinson style goals against him the one from the one that always stands out is when Atalanta played Real Madrid in the Champions League this season, Mendy with his right foot, not even his stronger foot, bent it in a soft shot from quite far out. And I thought Galini's feet movement was bad and I don't think his, his dive actually extended. It was I was I had it was a poor goal to concede. There's also his one on ones, which um a very worrying he has this first of all his timing is kind of bad that he doesn't come out and also he doesn't spread himself which is okay if you've got good timing like Hugo and you're very elastic in kind of spring but he reminds me a bit of Kepper in that style that uh. he's not he's not the most physically imposing goalkeeper so if you're not the most physically imposing goalkeeper you have to have spot-on timing or be a little bit unorthodox kind of like in the De Gea model And I just, I don't think he he fills the gold enough. So if you're Donnarumma, you've got God-given gifts that you're a giant. And then you just need to add some decent timing in there. If you're not Donnarumma, if you're a Hugo, you have to have exceptional technique and timing. And he doesn't have that, which makes me think he's not our number one going forward but he's uh he's he's on loan and it's a it's a it's a way to test him we can see what happens it's very risk-free um heart doesn't seem to be liked by Nuno so it's a smart transfer in that sense but I don't think he I don't think in three years time Golini's going to be our number one
1: that's really useful analysis I I appreciate that I, I know very little about him other than the, the clips I've seen so that's that's great stuff and Nathan anything to add
2: yeah so I had heard similar um thoughts on his his one v one defending from um uh, an industry side goalkeeper analyst and then I also retweeted a thread that <laughs> said the same thing again so it's something that a lot of people are picking up on that he <clears throat> he sort of he goes to ground quite early and is easy to chip on the one v one um this sort of he sort of totals out as kind of hitting average on his on his sort of uh, saves versus post shot expected goals yeah uh but he's a young goalkeeper so perhaps you think that there's room for improvement there um <clears throat> i hadn't I haven't got around to sort of watching him see see how he is in terms of like his cross collection um his his passing and that kind of thing but purely as a shot stop he's sort of average or slightly below average uh, but with some upside cuz he's he's 26 is that right yeah so i don't know i i think it's it's a bit it's not the worst signing like um we've signed worst goalkeepers in the last 12 months but um it's not an exciting one either and i don't think it's the way to go about preparing for the race i i've tweeted before uh, i've spoken before on this podcast for me Anana is right there he has a drug ban he can't play till february which means he would come in and automatically be deputy and, like, I think he's an outstanding goalkeeper. He's outstanding with his feet. He's very proactive. He's everything that you want from the modern goalkeeper. He's still on the younger side. He needs. To, he, he's moving this summer to somewhere. He's relatively cheap because of his drug span. That matches perfectly with us because we're not about to kick Hugo out the door in a rush. Now, eventually, it comes to a point where you have to pick one of them, right? At the end of this season, beginning of the season after, you've got to pick one of them. And I just don't think it's going to be that hard, right? Hugo is still one of the very best shot stoppers in the world. Wow, amazing, incredible still. But, like, that's not going to last forever. That might be another year, another two years, another three years. But it's like, how long are you going to keep gambling on that being the case of Hugo versus... you. We just know that Anana has a very, very big, very, very long upside. And I think you go, okay, Larissa's is still very good, but we have to think more long-term prioritise what is going to be a first eleven quality keeper um try and get a sum out of Larice because he is still a very good shot stopper and, and, and think in those kind of terms, I don't think that bringing in Gallini is, is likely to be the long-term answer to, to what we're looking for here. here. But um, I don't know. It's also not the greatest priority or the greatest worry.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's really interesting as well. Um, I've got a few thoughts on this transfer. I, I When I originally heard about it, I was a bit annoyed because I was a bit like, why are we bringing in another... Um, non homegrown goalkeeper, and why are we spending 15 million euros on them when, like, we had Gazaniga right there and he Mm. was fine as a backup and we've let him go on a free? It just didn't make any sense to me. But this now being a loan and not a permanent transfer, that's that's fair, yeah, alone with an option that does change that slightly for me. Um, I'm, I don't know if he's going to count as homegrown or not. I think so. I think so. I think so the reporting, Alistair Gold, who we trust in all things because he's, he's so reliable, he has reported not. However, I know that he was playing for Man News Academy for three years before the age of 21. Whether he was registered, three. I don't know. Yeah. So three seasons. Oh, so
2: he wasn't on the book for three necessarily. He's exactly. Only on the book for two.
1: Exactly. So it will depend on the registration. It will depend on whether he was. Right. On trial at that point. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll say
2: this. If we have like done our behind-the-scenes research, got in touch with the FA, and we found out that he can count as homegrown when no one else thinks he is, then this is a really smart bit of business and played yeah. played to strategy. Um But if we're just sort of hoping that that might be the case and we're bringing in an okay goalkeeper, <laughs> then it's not so smart. So kind of hinges on that for me, I think.
1: So the, the other thing that... Um... Maybe take notes about this transfer was the reporting, I think it was yesterday, about us also trying for David Rea of Brentford, who I think is a really, really good young goalkeeper. Really good. I'm a big fan of Rea. And it seemed like we tried for him. He was too expensive. So we've gone for Galini. And it makes me wonder if maybe they want to watch Rea or someone like Anana or, or Melier of Leeds, who I think is brilliant as well, for another season before committing. And Galini just gives them a bit of leeway to sort of say, well, let's see what happens. We've got someone in on loan who might be really good, might not. It's, there's no, no skin off our nose. If he's no good, he just goes back to um, back to his club, uh, almost as if nothing's ever happened. Uh, if he's great, then he's great. And we keep him wonderful when we get him for like 15 million euros, which is, if he's great, fine. That's cheap. Wonderful. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not so against it. I'm not quite so against it as I initially was. Uh, he's also really, he's an interesting character. He's really, he's a bright guy. He's really interesting to listen to speak because he he's super confident, speaks really well. He's got a bit of the goldie about him. It's a bit crazy. He's had this um, rap single out, which he released for charity. And that, that was a bit of fun um, and not to be taken too seriously. He like, his eyes light up when he talks about it. You can tell he just had a laugh doing it. Uh, but he's also, he's really into fashion. theres I tweeted uh, a YouTube video of him on this sort of fashion YouTube channel. And he's really interesting. He's just really quirky and cool. And I think he'll fit in really well in the squad.
0: Yeah, I, I think for all the reasons that you guys have said that, if we we need to prioritise certain areas, and right this summer, a goalkeeper is not a priority while we've still got Hugo. Um, Golini is used to uh, position sharing. He With Sportiello at Atalanta, they would quite often mix and match games. So I think he'll be he doesn't need a run of games to be kind of match fit. I think it I think it kind of makes sense and if he does have that um that work permit that um if he is counted as homegrown, then then great. If not we we send him back after a year and then we focus on somebody else.
1: I mean the interesting thing is he's going to get a lot of games right for the in the conference league he'll play a fair bit so we'll get a we'll get a good idea of um of what he's like and whether he can be trusted essentially. Um so one thing, Bardi, on his style, I think I read somewhere that he's known for being quite good with his feet, as a, a good, good at passing, and he's also quite an aggressive goalkeeper, quick off his line and such like. Is that fair to say?
0: Um, well, you can be you can be aggressive coming off your line, but if you're no good at it, then it's, it's pointless, and I think, he, I think that's where he suffers. Um, his passing style I'm not sure I don't know you need to have a look at his um, passing stats um, it didn't spring out to me that he's someone who's fantastic with his feet
1: okay now I'm just thinking in terms of having a goalkeeper closer to Luis because then it's easier for a defence to it's easier for the defence to cope with a rotating goalkeeper if they're quite similar in style whereas with Lloris and Hart <laughs> like they're quite different
0: yeah yeah, that that that's a that is a that's a good point. I, he's definitely closer to Larisa than, than Hart is. I mean, I'm closer to Larisa than, than <laughs> Joe Hart.
1: Yeah. I think I am, to be fair as well.
0: I mean, that was just such a bad, bad, bad free transfer. And The, the most promising thing is if you start comparing the transfers that have started happening this year, mm. compared to what happened the previous year, there's a there's an improvement. And if we're looking at marginal gains and getting 10 more points or 7 more points, however many we need to hit Champions League, these are the kind of transfers we need to be making. Mm,
1: for sure. Um, so the signing of Pierluigi Gallini has been quickly followed by the announcement of Brian Gill from Sevilla. And... I didn't know much at all about him. I knew the name, but I don't think I've knowingly seen him play. Uh, I wanted to go on to Y scout and look at lots of scouting clips of him, but unfortunately Nathan's maxed out our account. For the month, <laughs> so I couldn't do that. So what I did do was uh, check out him on YouTube, which isn't always, it's not always the best way to judge a player because compilations tend to completely ignore the, the less positive moments that players have, but it gives you a flavor of what kind of player they are. They are, um, He's he's really exciting. He's a really, really exciting player. He's a left footed winger that plays on the left wing. That's quite unusual. He he has played on the right as well, but it definitely is, is more prominent on the left. Um he likes to come deep for the ball, receive it to feet, take players on. Very sort of direct in the fact that he wants to put balls into the box on a consistent basis. He wants to feed passes into the box and create chances. He also wants to dribble into the box. Um, and his dribbling is absolutely exceptional. Uh, Chris Somersell tweeted earlier uh, an image from the Market Insights database, and his progressive runs are basically off the charts. As are the progressive to forward pass ratio um, and the successful passes into the penalty area. Literally, like maxing out those bars in uh, in lurid green,
0: which is which is pretty exciting.
1: Um, mm. we
0: we seem to have replaced a, an aggressive player with a progressive player
1: oh nicely done nicely done nice. so w- w- what do you think of, of Brian Gilbody
0: um, I haven't seen a lot of him but I I like him I just saw once that he's made 66 ball carries in La Liga and only Messi had more so that's if you're gonna buy a player off one stat, buy him. That's the stat. Uh
1: it looks to me like he will be the best dribbler in in our squad. Uh, I think that's that's fair to say. And Nathan, any thoughts? Mm, yeah, uh so
2: in terms of like output, in terms of statistical output, he, he does model somewhat similar to Lucas. Um but uh i think there's there's much much more room for upside just by watching you can see that he's he's head up a lot more he's much more interested in, in finishing his moves with a pass Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the the goals and and certainly the assists will definitely come for him in in time as that side of his game, the hardest part sort of develops more. Um, He does lose the ball a lot, dribbling as much as he does. His close control is really impressive. His change of direction is really impressive. For me, what what I was interested to to find and what I sort of did my bit of research on uh, last night is... So we bought this left-footer who plays wide on the left when uh what we needed is, is a width-giver on the right, right? We're going to play with the defensive right-back. We're going to play with an aggressive left-wing-back in Regulon. Therefore, we need the width on the right to be provided. And unfortunately, most of our players... Are- want to play either in off the left or when they do play on the right-hand side, they want to play narrow, right? Lo Celso, as a left-footer, wants to play narrow in from the right rather than receiving on the touchline. So we bought another left-footer. How does that fit? Uh, And if you look at uh, what Severe want to do with uh, (laughs) Le Petigui, is is play with inside wingers and and overlapping fullbacks on both sides. So um, if he was... An inside player, surely they'd be more interested in keeping hold of them. So. You go away and you watch a couple of his eyeball games and uh, he plays pretty similarly on the right side of the pitch that he does on the left. Now, obviously, Mm -hmm. there's going to be more movement, a little more moving inside because it's just the natural direction with your left foot on the ball. But he tends to want to go outside his fullback and operate in those kind of areas, receive on the touchline. And there's some, there's some like, um, (laughs) there's some diagonality to his dribbling to an extent, but he's not just like... Well, he's not who's going the other way. Eric Lamella wants to just, like, stud roll inside and then look for a three ball every time. He's he's going to be much more width providing uh, without being just limited to that. So I actually think that he, he suits the profile really, really well. Um, a really interesting signing. Pote- high potential upside. He may not yeah. reach, like, the highest heights because... Um, like players of his skill set can reach enormous heights or they can fall quite way short so there's 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 quite a lot of variance in his in his potential uh development over the next few years um but i think a really exciting signing an interesting pro- profile for what we're looking for um i think a really yeah a really good signing
1: and what's interesting to me is he is someone who crosses a lot but also crosses extraordinarily well he is very, very, very good at finding around in the box. Um, I, I watched quite a few of his crosses in on YouTube, and the sh- he shapes them beautifully. Uh, and Nathan, as you've already pointed out in in some of your work on analysing Nuno, he wants team he wants his teams to cross the ball. His Not, lots of crossing.
2: His twenty eight percent cross accuracy is l- nearly eightieth percentile in. Right, in quality.
1: yeah, that's uh, yeah. It's a good match up for Nuno, right? Uh, let's so. carry on doing. Let's carry on talking about ins before we do outs. Cause I want to devote some time to the okay. outs. I think it deserves some time devoted to them. Um, and, and yeah, just to finish off on on. Brian, I think Nathan made a really good point there that it's, there's a high upside to the signing. It's a, it's a bargain in many ways because we've we've not spent a huge amount of money. He's 20 years old. I mean, I tweeted earlier like what the ages of the players that he's he's closest to, the players who he's closest to in age in our squad, and it's like Josh Alouiemi is closest to him in age. It's mad how young he is. He's he's such a young player, uh, and he's really really highly rated in Spain. Uh has made his debut for the national team. People were talking him up as like a future star for the national team. This is an exciting signing, one of the most exciting signings we've made in quite a while, and it's uh it, it makes me certainly feel very good about the upcoming season. Uh next one who is it seems like is edging closer to an agreement is Christian Romero, who plays for Juventus but spent last season on loan at Atalanta, as did Galini. Um, and Bardi I know you're very excited about this one
0: I think he's a brilliant defender I think he's a defender you can build your defense around for for quite a period of time I think he has everything that that none of our defenders have. Um, and I I just see this as as a real obvious signing and I think it's so obvious that I'm worried it might not happen. I think (laughs) somebody else would just gazumb us because I think he's a fantastic player and I'm totally in on this transfer. Even if it means selling Dave, who I I really love Davinson, but sell him, sell him, sell Dyer, sell all of them.
1: And the numbers being quoted seem about right to you? Sort of 45, 50 million euros?
0: I think so. I mean, we, we spent, how much do we spend on Davinson? 42. I think, I think this is a transfer you put in place and he's there for a long period of time.
1: He's 23, I think, so mm-hmm. pretty young again for a centre-back. Um, Nathan, he's a very aggressive defender. Uh, more so than any other defender we have. More so
2: than he... any defender in the top five European leagues, I think. Right. Okay. He, he he has a very very specific style that is very well suited to the aggressive style that Atalanta play. Um, he's very good at making that work for him. How well that might translate elsewhere. Is another question, and I, I'll go back and I'll look at his his general uh, time. If he can look at his minutes for Argentina too, um, where you know it seems to have gone perfectly well. But I do think that like there's there is some risk going with this one. He's very good at what he does. Um, yeah, I hope that what he does is what we want and what we need. I think I think I think it makes sense for the way that we want to play. No sides, you know, his Porto and his Valencia um, from uh, from losing possession in high areas are super aggressive in their pressing. Um, yeah, and 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 it suits the more defensive starts as well. So, <clears throat> uh, like Nuno's Valencia, they and Wolves too, um, they set up a lot of the time in this medium or medium high block, and they want to invite the opposition forward a little bit, bring their defenders forwards, and then combat in midfield. And I think that that makes sense. That Morera is going to push up and be sort of an additional mm-hmm. midfielder half the time. Um, so yeah, uh, tricky one, but but yeah, I think exciting.
1: So there's been another couple of centre backs linked as well. Uh we know that um Joachim Anderson is now going to Crystal Palace, so he's off the agenda. I think um that the backup now is Duja Cheletakar, whose name I've just guessed at. It's a, it's a Croatian <laughs> name and I apologise to any Croatian listeners if I've if I've completely messed that one up. Uh he plays for Marseille. Know very little about him. I don't intend to do much research because I get the impression that it's a, it's a backup for if if, if Romero doesn't happen. Uh, do either of you know anything about Challetta Carr? Good in the air. Yeah, uh, and the other one that's still mentioned regularly is Jules Kunde of Sevilla, who you've spoken about before, Nathan. But that that link isn't going away either. It sounds like <laughs> we want him, and he will wait to see who else comes in yeah. for him before deciding on what he'll do.
2: Uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> get in touch with the friend of a friend of a friend at Real Madrid and tell them that I want him. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I just, <laughs> apparently, United are looking at him now as well. So we, we, mm. you know, we're 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 the backup. <laughs> I, I really hope, really hope that um, that for some reason other top European sides to turn their nose up at him because uh it would be Aldevaro all over again, you know? It would be how the hell have all of these other clubs let us sign this incredible defender. Uh yeah, uh Kunde Romero defence is um it's quite something I think.
0: Hmm. <laughs> then there's a there's a canteen somewhere in Sevilla and Kunde's going, any news from Manchester? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're just going, no, nah, mate, you're off to Tottenham. It's like shit <laughs>
1: Uh, the Takahiro Tomiyasu transfer seems to be on hold because he's picked up an ankle injury. So I, I would imagine we're waiting to hear what's going mm-hmm. on there. But um, I, I would again see him as a sort of centre back rotation. Yes. We, we've, we've read the reports that he's being lined up to play this defensive right back role, but he absolutely profiles well as a centre back in my eyes. Yeah. Um, so it's looking good. It's looking good in terms of defensive targets. Uh, let's do the outs. Eric Lamella has joined Sevilla as part of the Brian Gill transfer. Uh, He's left a very heartwarming message. Um, How to frame this conversation? There's been lots of gatekeeping, I think, about how we should feel about Eric Lamella, which I think is completely unfair. And Lamella's been at Spurs for eight years and those eight years haven't been easy for him at all. He's he's had some trauma in his life, and mm. he's had some difficult times at Spurs with injury. Too many injuries for my liking. Uh, we I know because I had ITK at the time. We misdiagnosed an injury when he first joined Spurs, and it it massively held up his um, his start to life at the club. We did, that was our fault, not his. And he had subsequent injuries off the back of that. Lamella has not always been everyone's favourite player on the pitch, he can be very frustrating, uh, and and sometimes you just want to shake him. But oh my goodness, like there are very few players I've ever watched play for Spurs that play with the level of intensity that Eric Lamella has done over those eight years. And and for that he's somewhat become a cult hero. Not legend, absolutely not legend, because he's not good enough to be considered a legend, but, but cult hero is something different. Cult hero is something freund like, you know? Lewis Holtby was uh, seen by many as a cult hero. Someone that you take to your heart for reasons beyond what they they can achieve on the football pitch. And for me, Eric Lamella fits squarely into that category. Um, A couple of highlights for me. The the, the picture of him in the maternity ward. His partner's just had a child. He's watching Spurs on his iPad. (laughs) And the other moment that stands out was when he he made, like, a really strong challenge against Burnley. The physio comes on to, to see to the player who he's injured, and Lumena just steals a bottle of water from the physio's bag. It was so perfect. Uh, but obviously, like, the two boners are magical Spurs goals as well, and he'll forever be remembered for those. Um, Bardi, how do you feel about Eric Lamella leaving Spurs?
0: The, the Eric Lamella we signed from Roma was an utter failure. He didn't do anything that he was supposed to do. But through this wreckage, because it was an absolute car crash for the first year, through this wreckage emerged something that occasionally bordered on an excellent player, occasionally bordered on a good substitute, and, and he did turn into this kind of cult, Cult, um, this cult idol we, we, we would admire the stuff that he would do he would never actually do what we signed him for what we needed from him but he had some brilliant moments he I tweeted today at the last couple of minutes of the Champions League semi-final he's trying to nutmeg someone on the corner of the box which doesn't work but then he sets off a counter which we could have scored another goal there hadn't we been a bit smarter and it's that kind of flipping and flopping between absolute uselessness to brilliance, which is the reason why he he's divided um, Coy's Twitter. And I I, can, I know why people hate him because he he never became the player that we thought he was going to be. He replaced Bale, which was an impossible task. Hmm. Uh, but then he is held in such high esteem by other people that it almost upsets the other end, the other the other end of the spectrum. I will. Re- I will remember the Rabone he scored in the um, in the Europa League. I was right behind it, and I didn't see it, but I knew it. So as he ste- as he did it, a, a, a defender stepped across. So it was the weirdness where, like, how did that go in? So you knew hmm. something special had occurred, but I didn't. I missed it, and it was only when someone got their phone out and you saw it, you're like, oh my days! That's that's how he got it in from there and those moments are brilliant i was also there with the burnley game where he whipped it in and that was very bail like you like oh yeah. here we go he's going to explode now he never did and then you know the assist against man city and of course the, the stamping of fabregas he has these iconic moments but unfortunately his career is not something that we will we will remember fondly as a as a success but that's just very tottenham and that's just well, he is, you know, he aimed, he aimed for the stars, but he 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 missed it because uh, he normally slipped over as he shot.
1: He elbowed the stars, I think.
0: He elbowed the stars, yeah.
1: Uh, one thing I would say, Bardi, you mentioned there that um, he's divisive and, and one side of the, the argument wind up the other. I, mm. I, I think there's slightly more to that. I think um, the sort of darker, nastier edges of the Spurs fan base um, were quite mean-spirited about Lamella from quite early on. So he would get nicknamed Pamela, which there's something distasteful about that joke generally. Um, not least because it doesn't even work because like he has all the stereotypical, like, masculine elements to him, he's he likes fighting, so it doesn't work <laughs> anyway, but um but also there there was a bit of the the sort of Graham Sooness, very Latin element to it as well. People didn't like the shit housing and then suddenly other people were like, Hang on, this is good. Why why do you not like this? This is the good stuff and Poch very much embraced it and he he became Poch's general in some ways not just to the shit housing. I think there's something to be said also for how Lamella as a player genuinely could change the tempo of a match coming off the bench it was absolutely insane sometimes how he would come on and have an instant impact and that wouldn't always be a lasting impact and he wouldn't always get a goal or an assist but you would notice the Spurs team play faster, play harder because Eric Lamella was on the pitch and I think that's an unusual trait to, to have. And I think it's something we will need to find a way to replace in the squad. Um, but that's why I think one side of the fan base sort of took him to their hearts slightly more um, as a result of the abuse he was getting from this sort of nasty side. Mm. Nathan, any thoughts on, on Eric Lamella? Yeah, man, I'm going to miss him. I uh, I don't think that like...
2: I I think that he's he's unique, you know. I don't think there are other players who really like him. Maybe mm. maybe maybe there are if you head over to to River Plate or whatever. But I just think that like that mixture of of um like Twinkle Toads through ball focus kind of okay. Sometimes he can be frustrating because because there's not much guile to what he's gonna do a lot of the time. But then combine that with just like a nasty <laughs> like violent. <laughs> Uh, but like also, like like really getting it, like in a summer where we're talking about like supposed. Boyhood Spurs fan Harry Kane, where he's going to play in a few months' time. Eric Lamella is like fully coys against the odds, w- with no, with no like great reason to do so. He just really bought in to to Spurs in a massive way, to the extent where reportedly he has to be persuaded to leave us to go play in the Champions League next season. You know, because he really likes Tottenham. He likes living in London. He likes everything he about the club. You know, making the Santa dress in blue with his with his custom <laughs> Tottenham play. PlayStation controller. Oh yeah, you know he's he's Spurs through and through, and uh, we we have to respect him in that way. We have to remember him in that way. We have to be so grateful for him. Uh, he he sort of, he like he briefly touched on like um, elite uh, expected assist numbers in his second season, and then he was like a decent squad player from like 2017 to 2019. Injuries obviously doing him a lot of harm in that time, and then and then also at that point he falls behind like delhi ericsson's son which is means that even when he's fit he's, he's gonna struggle to see sufficient game time and he's someone who wants a string of games and that undermines his performance as well but i think that mm. there's definitely a lot of talent there um i definitely think that he's still got a good few years in him uh, at sevilla i think that's it's likely to be a good match for him um but yeah just what he represents i like we will miss having that character in the squad definitely um yeah
0: i do think if you if you go back now and uh, time travel all the way back to 2013 and you you watch what he was doing with Totti at Roma and you could see that the player that he, he should have been but I think injuries really did take their toll on him and he, he had to adjust how he played. Yeah. He lost that bit of acceleration, he lost that bit of strength and he had to redefine how how he played and I, I think he, he found a role that suited him and to the best of his ability he tried his goddamn best Yeah, and there's, there's been plenty of players we've had at Spurs who have perhaps been better but haven't even tried a fraction as hard as him, and I, I, I did tweet back in 2019 that he's our worst ever transfer. If you look at money, <laughs> money, money paid out according to like output and everything else, perhaps there is that argument to be made. But he, he did try his damnedest, and I'll respect him for that. And I, I, I harbour no ill feelings towards him.
1: So, from one important uh, player from the last decade leaving to another. It looks like Toby Averrold is heading to Qatar to play for Al Duhail. Um, This, to me, is an indication that Averrold understands that he is done at the the top level of this sport, that he is just going for one last payday. Fair play to him for doing that. Absolutely no issue with that at all. Uh, I personally felt that he was our best centre-back last season. Um, I personally think he is the best centre-back when he's at his best. I think he's the best centre-back I've seen in my lifetime at Spurs. Him is close between him and Ledley, who I absolutely adored. Uh, one of my favourite players of all time. I think Alderweireld at his absolute peak times was just unbelievable. And like Nathan said, we were so lucky to, to hang on to him for, to sign him in the first place and then to hang on to him for as long as we did when he had this release clause in his contract. Um, I'm really sad to see Alvaro go, but I think it's absolutely the right time and we need, we do need to move on from him at this point. But I think in the same way there's a lot of fondness for Lamella from large swathes of the fan base, there will always be a lot of fondness for Alvaro, not because he's a character in the same way, but because of what he did on the pitch. It's kind of the opposite of, of Lamella in a sense because he's quite quiet off the pitch. You don't really know a lot about him. We've got a glimpse into his character on All or Nothing. Um, but he's someone who who led by example. He's not the loudest player. He's not really an organizer or a motivator. But he led by example, and the partnership he had with Jan Vertonghen, I don't think we'll see that matched anytime soon. You don't get a centre back partnership as good as Toby and Jan for as long as them. Too often we 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 lucked out there, um, and I'm I'm going to be sad to see him sad to see him go. Obviously, wish him all the best, but Anything you'd like to say about Toby?
0: Yeah, he's an absolute class defender who played a lot of games, man. He had one season that was a little bit affected, but otherwise he w- he was always hitting 30 league games a season. He was really consistent. His his legs started to go. And, and you spoke about his partnership with Vertonghen. That's that's a partnership that g- goes to international football as well. You're not going to see a partnership like that on international stage. He, he was a beautiful defender, um, really gifted. He didn't seem the biggest, but he was a really imposing player. And his time had come. I thought last season he did fine in a kind of low block defence, but his time had definitely come. The hunch was getting the best of him. And you saw the Euros that he was, his legs had gone. His brain was maybe still there, but his legs had done.
1: That's completely fair, I think. Uh, Nathan, I know you were a big admirer of Alderbarraud as well.
2: Yeah, I just think that we have to re- remember his 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 best when we were talking about him accurately as as perhaps the best defender in the world, right up there with the very best centre backs in the world. Uh, he's dropped off since, uh, sort of quite gradually, and and for a while now he had that injury. Um, he's obviously missed <laughs> Jan mm. Um but like yeah, what an incredible servant, uh, incredible purchase he's been. Everything else. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that he he can go on to the Qatari League and and sort of go back to feeling that way and and get a nice payday out of it. Um, fair play to him. Signing a new contract as soon as Mourinho walked through the door was a bit of a weird one, especially now in retrospect that we're now moving him on. Uh, but yeah, just just an incredible defender. I, 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 like um, his coolness. Yeah, his calmness mm. in defense in one v ones. His patience. Um, his sort of cool headedness and his, his sort of fast thinking in those moments is, is really what, what makes him stand out as one of the greatest 1v1 centre backs yeah. I've really ever seen. Um, just keeping his body between the ball and the goal. It's the simplest thing in the world, but he yeah, really, yeah. really excelled at that one thing. His long passing was incredible. Um, uh, the thing with we're talking about Adevel is that it, it, you've got to talk about him and and Vatongan together and that partnership obviously ended a while ago Um but it was it was the two of them uh oh, well the two of them in you know, a three, is still still a sort of a valid um uh partnership there. Um but we were really blessed with with an incredible pair of centre backs for a for a considerable period of time. And uh we we've got quite a bit of spending to do if you want to recreate something like that again, don't we? Mm
1: mm-hmm. mm.
0: Yeah, Yet, he wasn't he wasn't the showy defender. He wasn't Fatongan was always much more of the last ditch tackle, the sliding mm-hmm. block and stuff like that. And I think that's just a testament to to how well he read the game, that he he didn't have to do those those big grand gestures. Absolutely. And I think the comment about the contract, Nathan, um, is is
1: worth just briefly revisiting because I don't know about you but I feel like we've got a a good fee for him. For for a player who's thirty-two, is not the same since injuries um he's coming up to I think one year left in his contract after oh, okay. this. Um and it, it sounds like we've got somewhere between ten and fifteen million pounds for him. That seems about right, so that seems like a, a decent fee, no, decent it's a return it's return. Very good
2: fee. Like just to yeah. get his wages off the books at this stage just is good. To get a good fee on top of that for a thirty two year old defender is um is is pretty exceptional to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um so so other players are being linked to his moves away. Harry Winks. There's talks that Everton might quite like Harry Winks. I think pretty much everyone's like happy for that <laughs> move to happen. It's it just makes sense. He needs a fresh start. We need a fresh start. Like I'm completely happy with this. Uh, Nathan, you you've put something in the running order which which slightly concerns me. <laughs> Skip to Leeds.
2: Yeah, I need to uh, make sure I'm allowed to say this. Uh, I might have to come back and edit this out later. <laughs> uh, anyway, but don't worry about it. Wendy is is um, is how I'm going to start this off. Basically, Beals really likes him. Really wanted him this season. Tried to persuade uh, Spurs to to consider letting him go either on loan or whatever. With um with uh, Phillips moving into a number eight role, uh, following following uh the Euros, I guess. Um, but Spurs say no, we want to give him a chance here next season. So uh, we are holding on to a young player who Bielsa really, really fancies.
1: Mm. Yes, yes, yes. I like, I like. Uh, Aurier has been linked with a move to PSV Eindhoven, which is I an mean, d- interesting I don't link. Know.
0: I don't know how real that link is. That's proper internet, Twitter chat, but I'm not sure how real that is, but... Yeah.
1: He's previously been linked with Milan. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, his
2: his agent is like running around trying to find him a club because he wants to go. We want him to go. Uh PSG have signed Hakimi, <laughs> a player who's t- three times his quality. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, uh where am I gonna play in a few weeks' time so it's sort of it's yeah let's let's get some uh rumors in the paper about p s v to hope that <laughs> whips up some interest potentially from p s v or whoever one else yeah uh so it, it's a bit of that one it's um it's scraping around trying to find someone who's gonna offer us a you know a bit of a fee for Aurea, which might be a challenge i think we um and hopefully that the paratici is 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 gonna give us sort of the change in tone on this one and um accept uh, a cut price to get get him off our books
1: that's the key isn't it so the the other remaining players to talk about uh, Cameron Carter Vickers is being strongly with the move to Celtic which I think would be a good a good move for him um because they've just sold Aja Aja Aya I think it's Aja isn't it to Brentford oh Aya, sorry <laughs> is it Aya? Aya, yeah Aya. yeah um so, they need a replacement for, for Aya, and they're looking at Carter apparently. I've not seen any rumoured moves for Lucas, which is disappointing to me, but uh, mm. there's links with Sissoko uh, leaving, which I think, again, just makes sense from every possible perspective.
0: Where's Sissoko going?
1: Uh there's rumours of Nice liking him. That makes sense. Uh but other clubs too. There's 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 various rumours about Sissoko. I, I'm intrigued by by the the fact that we've managed to make so or seemingly make so many exits happen. Um Pratachi is getting lots of praise. There are many memes doing the round. People are saying constantly, this man never sleeps. He he oh, yeah. he he breathes football, he's He's on his phone constantly. He's, he's working all the hours that, that God sends.
0: And um, he uses wired headphones, so his um, AirPods don't get hacked is one of the the latest things I heard. What is that about?
1: I mean, he's just a dad, isn't he? That's the reason he's using wired headphones. <laughs> They're
0: the ones that come
2: in the box.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what I will say is this. I think Paratachi is essentially doing his job right now. However, <laughs> if he... if Paratici managed to sell Charles Joseph John Hart for a fee, then I will be all in on all of the Godfather memes, because that would be a remarkable achievement. Um, what do you think, Nathan? Is, is Paratici some sort of hero that, um, that deserves all this praise that he's currently getting?
2: Yeah, so there was this piece, was it in The Guardian or was it The Athletic, um, talking about his... Uh, you know his insane work ethic and lots of excitement about the fact that he works. You know, twenty-three hours a day, uh, three hundred sixty-five days a year. And I just think that it's. Uh, I just think that it's insane. I just think it's like.
1: I. I uh, it's not healthy I, it, to be praising someone for that. It's start. not
2: healthy to be praising that kind of thing, right? Uh, firstly, because like. Those aren't the standards that we should be setting for ourselves as humans, right? Those aren't those unhealthy, aren't but it's also not like the best way to get like performance out of people, right? Exactly. People need rest to make the best decisions, um. And I'm sure that like the the reporting is is a massive exaggeration anyway, because it's like if he's in his office for you know ten hours a day, still too much, and then his phone is on and he's available to call for a deal if one comes up at, in the evening, and he that you know that's kind of a different matter. Uh, so I'm sure that he's on call, and I and I think that that's too much you know twenty four seven I think that's too much anyway he should have like uh, administrative assistants who can who can help yes. him with that um so the whole discussion around it is is kind of Disturbing, frankly, um, but uh, the the work is coming on pretty pretty strong this summer. We wait until until the end of the summer to say, hey, he did move on all these players. Hey, he did bring all, in all these players. Um, until then, we can't get too carried away. But the signs are pretty promising. It it's definitely the 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 sensation is very different this summer to previous
1: summers. It just supports the argument that we've been making for several years that we need a director of football. Um, It's been so obvious. We've needed to to clear out some of the Deadwood for literally three seasons. That's six windows and it's finally happening and that is very, very pleasing. A couple more big talking points, I think, before we touch on Colchester briefly. Um, Let's start with the the less happy one because then we've got something happy to, to move to. This whole fiasco with Harry Kane being on the front page of the Sun, thanks to his brother Charlie telling someone something at a wedding, um, and the sort of the bad vibes that that brought about. Barney, how are you feeling about this Kane saga? I know we'll call it a saga now.
0: I mean, I'm at a position if, if Kane wants to go, then pay the money and he can go. Of course, it's very sad and everything else, but. I'd rather we just moved on with our lives, and if this is how the Kane family are going to get out of Spurs, then it's just it's just not very classy. And perhaps Charlie Kane isn't the classiest person. Perhaps he shouldn't be managing the best um, the best striker in the world. He needs to realise he's nothing much nothing else apart from a potato farmer, and just <laughs> just just leave being an agent to other people. If Kane wants to go to Manchester City, then that's fair enough. If that's his ambition to to become a a stat on manchester city's oil oil stained football history then fair enough for him if he wants to stay at spurs and try and do something try and achieve the impossible i've said many times that i'm all in for that but if he wants to leave then goodbye give us the money and we'll move on with our lives
1: And um, nathan you've you've always been fairly oh there's the ice cream van again <laughs> Uh, Nathan, you've always been fairly resolute in the fact that you think Kane will stay because no one will be able to afford him. Um, are you are you still feeling so confident after this story made the front page of the Sun?
2: Well, I'm feeling confident in a different way, which is that if the reported figure of 160 million comes up, I'm feeling pretty positive about receiving that kind of money for a player his age and injury record. To be honest, mm. um, do I think that City will put that money up? Um, uh, maybe. <laughs> i i think it's more likely he stays to be honest but uh i don't know maybe maybe charlie's been dropping the itk at a wedding uh he wears a suit to work he has one client it's his brother he has an office he dresses up in a full three-piece uh has an office specifically for, for for just his one client his brother um He's so, got the same.
1: Know. He's got the same work ethic as Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, his preparation is immaculate.
2: First person at the office in the morning, last to leave. Also, the
1: only person who's ever there because it's just a little, <laughs> little studio he's rented out. <laughs> it's a converted shed, isn't it? Let's be honest. He's got, <laughs> he's got two rooms in his converted shed. One is his office, which is also a shrine to his brother Harry, yep. and the other is a bar. And he probably spends most of his time in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie <laughs> Kane.
0: I can imagine he's a bit like Johnson in the in peep show when he's when he sets up his home office. He doesn't even doesn't even make the bed; just gets out of bed and gets <laughs> cracking on his laptop. Uh, I mean, I, I like Nathan says. I'm not sure Pep's going to go for this because it's a lot of money, and it's not like Pep Guardiola's going. Oh, okay. If I had Harry Kane, I'd win the Champions League. He's not that kind of manager. He has a belief and a philosophy around how his team should play. And I don't think he he's just going to go and buy Harry Kane and and, and that's that's his sister. He's going to have to change how his team plays, in my opinion. And I don't see him doing that. The last time he tried to change the team to fit in a massive number nine, it didn't work well. But of course, the the very different personality, very different personalities between Harry Kane and Ibrahimovic. But uh, I just I don't see I don't see it happening. If it does, just get it done early, and we can all move on because. That first game in the season of watching Harry Kane play against us is going to be—it's going to be very strong. Well, he's,
2: he's not playing that game either way. Apparently, he's—he's—he's he's, he's taking out the rest, which I'm really glad to see. Most of the speculation around this is that like, oh, he's avoiding the game because we don't know who he's going to play for or everything else. I just think that like, it's really good that he's getting the, the rest because he he needs it. Even if he really plays for City, I, I still think he—I'm still kind of glad a little bit to see him get the rest. Uh, maybe, uh, Wendy, do you think that we've already spent the that we're already spending the Harry Kane money?
1: It definitely seems that way. Um, the problem is it's also speculative because we've just assumed that all football clubs, all top-level football clubs, are going to be poor this summer because of COVID and the lack of revenue. Um, the thing is, we're, we've we sold quite a few players already. We're selling more. We can probably afford to make some decent signings knowing that we're also getting wages off the books. Mm. So, so it's not necessarily the cane money. But um, yeah, I mean, come back to me if we sign if we sign um, Kunde as well as Romero because yeah, sure. then I'd be like yeah we probably are spending the K money if that's the case yeah alright um, and the thing with Kane is obviously I want him to stay I'd love, I'd love to have the league's best player in in our team for next year a team that I'm feeling happier and happier about. I'm feeling more optimistic about as as the days go on, as the transfers roll in. Uh, Kane obviously elevates us and makes us a much much better side. So it'd be wonderful if he stayed. But 160 million is an insanely good fee if he were to leave, and uh, a fee that we should be very happy with in terms of what it will allow us to, to do with the rebuild. Um, so on the upside, with the lovely news this week that Son Heung-min signed. Four-year contract until 2025. Um, so th- there was a video that was released to accompany this Son contract signing, and it involved him and a notice board of photographs of some of his best moments in a Spurs shirt, and it is one of the most joyous videos mm. I've seen Spurs ever release. He is a treasure of a human being. We are so lucky to have uh, a player who's genuinely wonderful to watch on the pitch, but also just like a, the most decent adorable beloved footballers we've had at our club ever uh, and i'm so happy that he's signed i know from an accountant perspective it makes so much sense to sell him at his peak at his prime get six and money through the through the door onto the balance sheet while we can but from a from a pure fan perspective i'm so glad that son has signed this contract i love him i uh, he's again another player who cult hero comes to mind, but he's more than that as well because he's such a wonderful, wonderful footballer and um, has been responsible for so many happy moments. Barty, are you are you feeling like me, elated that Son signed a contract, or do you think we should have sold him?
0: Um, I'm going to be positive, in I'm I'm happy he's signed a contract. He's a lovely player, scores some great goals, and it's good news, man. It's good. Had we lost Kane and Son in one transfer window, then that would have been bad news. But uh, keeping him is good. It's a good thing. I like him. I hope um, hope this season he he has less of those kind of bad patches and is a bit more consistent. But he's he's a great player and I'm very happy he's staying.
1: Yeah, and the other thing, Nathan, of course, is if we are losing Kane, then you need Son's productivity. You're going to need those goals and assists.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Son is is getting on. He's he's you know got to be worth quite a bit of money on a potential sale um there are reasons why why you could criticize new contracts but i think that if we're considering selling harry kane you keep the other right you don't you don't get rid of both at once uh we may well end up keeping both and then it becomes a little bit of an issue next year or whatever but uh i mean i'm just i'm just not in a rush to see some go even though it makes sort of sense and i I do think that like He's one of those players he has sort of the you know Milner syndrome where everyone says how underrated he is um but also would he would he command the fee that his his output deserves uh probably not plus you know all of the 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 Korean fans that you bring in when you sign Sun to your club so uh maybe maybe the smartest thing is to to keep him here for 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 a while longer.
0: Yeah. Also, you know, he's, he's twenty nine. He doesn't look twenty nine. Like Wayne Rooney when he was twenty nine, looked forty. Harry <laughs> Kane when he hits thirty, he's gonna look old and, and move like an old person. He's still got plenty of plenty of spring left in his legs. He mm. he's got another he's got another easy. I reckon by the end of his contract, he'll still be dashing around the pitch. He's he's a boy that looks after himself.
1: That is absolutely correct. I think he's uh, in really good shape for a twenty nine year old. Um, and I mean, it's not
0: like twenty nine is is old; it's, it's still very young. But yeah, in, in
1: in terms of strikers, though, it's sort of getting towards the end, isn't it? Uh, at the elite well, for, level,
0: for pace, perhaps for pace based strikers. Yeah.
1: Mm, mm. I suppose the other thing about Son is that he has got variety to his game as well. So hopefully, he can um, hopefully he can adapt as he gets older and, and perhaps just a yard of pace. Um, we should talk a little bit about the Colchester match. Uh, I mean, there's not a huge amount to say about it, but. Um, it was interesting to see Pascochi play right back again, uh, a centre-back by trade, who has played left back for his national team, but I thought he did a good job again at right back. Uh, Deli got on the score sheet, as did, um, is it Son and Lucas, I think? God, it feels so long ago. It seems about right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, a, a good team performance, really promising team performance. Skip made his first appearance of pre-season, looked really nice, played an incredible volleyed pass <laughs> cross field, which was just insane. And then Niall John came on in the second half and had another really promising display in midfield also. Um, anything you either of you would like to add on the Colchester match?
0: Revenge
1: is ours. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Parrot nearly had a, a brilliant goal, did everything yeah. right, but, but didn't quite get the shot. Uh, well, it was blocked, I think, wasn't it? Didn't quite get the separation for the shot, is that right? Yeah. But, I mean, basically that game is like, that is what what, what Nuno's football Looks like when it works, that is what that is what we're in for. Um, I think that's a, a pretty strong preview. Despite you know previously saying when we talked about this in the last episodes that like it's it's just it's just fitness. There's no tactics going on at the moment. Like that is it's wrong. That is what that is what what Nuno Ball. <laughs> that is what it looks like. That's that's how it works. So um, yeah, direct attacks, long balls over the top, quick one twos through the middle of the midfield. Uh,
1: yep. Yeah. That's 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 what we're that's what we're looking at. Some good signs for sure. God, there's been so much to talk about that we've 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 filled an hour without even going into questions. So what we'll do is bank your questions and maybe next week we won't sign two players and and sell one more uh, and we can actually get around to some of them. Uh, thank you for sending them in as ever. It's uh, much appreciated and we'll be back next week with more of the same. You've been listening to the Extra Inch. Thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production, thanks to Barney for being Italian, thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork, thanks to David Lindner for our intro music, you can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his soundcloud D. Lindner. Do check him out, he's great. Great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch, email us via podcast at theextrainch.com.ca and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review, that would be really